This is Father Gregory Pine. And I'm Father Joseph Anthony Cress. And welcome to God's Planning. Thanks to all those who support us. If you enjoy the show, please consider making a monthly donation on Patreon. Be sure to like and subscribe to God's Planning wherever you listen to your podcasts. All right. For this episode of Guest Planning, we are very delighted to be joined by Emily Wilson Hussam. So thanks so much for joining us on God's Planning. Thanks for having me all the way out here from California. We're all over the world here, and it's such a delight to be together. So many time zones at play right now. All of, like it's we're bouncing all over the place, but it's good. It is true, and it is also complicated by the fact that the United States and Europe, what's the word for this? They undergo daylight savings time at different times. So you guys have been daylight savings now for a bit, while I have not yet begun to save the daylight oh. or spring forward or whatever one does. But um, so just know that. Okay. <laughs> oh gosh. When does yours start? Mine starts in a week. It starts at the time of recording. It starts in six days. Um, for those who are hearing this in real time, it starts on March 26th. So yeah, I schedule all my appointments with a six hour change. And then for two weeks, I just apologize to everyone under the sun because I am bad at planning. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's a Woo. great gift. It's a great gift in my That's life and the life of all those who suffer. Yeah. Um, okay. So many of our listeners will know you from uh, books that you have written, from ministries uh, that you have launched or you know are currently conducting. Uh, or from talks, you know, that they've heard. Uh, so for those who don't know you, would you say a word of introduction, who you are, where you're from, what you do? Yeah, absolutely. My name is Emily Wilson Hussam. I was raised in Los Angeles, California. I made YouTube videos before you, not before YouTube videos were big, but kind of before YouTube videos were big, before <laughs> everybody go. had a YouTube channel, certainly not. Or a video a podcast, people. maybe. Yes. Before people had video podcasts, you know. Exactly. Just like this one that we're on. So I started making YouTube videos and um, speaking all over America and the world. That's how I met my husband. My husband is Dutch. I was speaking at a conference over there, praise be to God. And I've written six books. Some of them are for adult women, some of her teen girls, some are for children. And I just love the Lord and I love serving the Lord. And I love um, going all over the world and meeting people who love serving the Lord too. It's just such a great joy to do ministry. Boom. Okay. Uh, other sweet time bound detail that will no longer apply once this episode airs, I was just in the Netherlands this past weekend, kicking it with the Dominican sisters of St. Cecilia, who have a mission in Sittard in yes. Limburg. Um, and I gave like some talks slash a retreat for their students at the University of Maastricht. So I love the Netherlands, not as much as you do, because I haven't yet married it. Not that your husband <laughs> is in the Netherlands, but you see where I'm That's where my, you are where we are familiar with the sisters i know some of those sisters that live there and my husband is exactly from where you were he's from Limburg. he has family in maastricht all in the south there so you were at my husband's you know homeland this is incredible I okay love that. yeah as do i okay so in this episode apropos of your dutch husband we're going to talk about marriage preparation mm -hmm. um so presumably your marriage preparation entailed learning Dutch and his, no, just kidding. Um, but maybe. Um, so we, we're looking at the lay of the land, uh, which probably falls somewhere on the spectrum between, let's see, post-apocalyptic nightmare and, you know, table of plenty. 
uh, with lots of variation depending on time and place and circumstance. So what do you see when you look at the landscape of marriage preparation in the church? What are some strengths? What are some weaknesses? And where do we start the conversation? It's a great question. Obviously, it's a huge topic of conversation. That's why I'm excited to be talking about it today. Um, most of what I see is a barren disaster. Uh, and this comes from people like, how do you know this? I've been working with uh, women of all different ages for like the last 12 years, walking more specifically for women in you know, in their 20s and 30s and 40s for the last eight years. And so I hear a lot of different experiences constantly about what their marriage preparation experiences are like. And many of them, it is one weekend, they have to do an engaged encounter. They're like, well, three days, you go to all your talks and you guys are ready to go. And then they send them down the aisle and hope for the best. There are, I think people which I have a big heart for starting a marriage prep revolution. There are lots of wonderful ministries that are seeing the need for this that are popping up. I hear of like specific parishes here and there where I'll talk to a young woman. She's like, our marriage prep was unbelievable. We had a mentor couple. We had very many um, nights that we had to attend that were actually fruitful and beneficial. And the conversations were amazing. Um, but for me, in my experience of talking and walking with women, that's the exception. And the rule is women like saying, I, I keep calling the parish and I'm trying to do the marriage prep and like nobody's returning my calls and I don't know what to do. And that's why I think there's a lot of different reasons I think we need a marriage prep revolution, but I would vote mostly for barren disaster. I don't know, you know, Father Joseph Anthony, what you might see out in the horizon, um, but that's my experience with women, um, you know, walking with them along this way. Um, I, I wish you really could speak your own feelings, like speak the true feelings there and not hold back at all because you, you just straight up <laughs> called it out, like out of the gate. And I love that because I agree with you. Like, I think there it's, it's a total dumpster fire floating down the river right now. And, um, this marriage prep revolution is, is de deeply needed. Um, yeah. we've had many discussions about this and I have so much I want to like cover and, and ask, but. I think one of the things that we see a lot is we're starting this kind of major transition, I think, in the church. It has begun, but like we're nowhere near completing it um, away from kind of event based preparations when we're talking about sacramental prep. So preparing for this one random hour on a random Saturday in a random month, but to actually prepare for more of a the whole sacrament and mm -hmm. in a relational style. So making that transition away from kind of event based preparations into some kind of relational based um, sacramental prep, you know, what do you see is affecting that transition to make sure that there's a full preparation for the totality of the sacrament and not just a preparing for this, you know, it's, a, it's not a wedding prep, like a wedding planning session, but you're actually preparing for the sacrament of marriage, which is decades long in that sense. Yeah, I think a lot of people are just seeing, obviously, the divorce rates, even in the Catholic Church, and, and me talking to women who are divorced, who share their stories with me to say, like, there was so much that was missed. Like, we mm -hmm. were not, you know, prepared in the way that now I see that we should have been because it was one weekend, because nobody really dug into us about these problems that were really apparent, but we were so busy picking out cheese and chairs and flowers <laughs> and color schemes that 
like there was nobody who really got into the nitty gritty with us there, right? We did our test, like there's many different tests as you know, you know, to do, we did our tests and our score was fine. And they're like, oh, like, you know, you're fine. And these women who say like, I wish it had been done differently. I feel like a lot of those testimonies are really powerful in us looking at like, hey, like we can do better in the grand scope of this for couples, for people to prepare them all to help them discern well. Discernment in engagement is a huge part of the marriage prep process that I feel like is being lost. It's like, okay, let's prepare for marriage, but also how do we prepare, help prepare couples for marriage, but also help them discern if marriage is even the right thing all at the same time. You cannot do that in a three-day weekend. You cannot do that in like one hour a month, you know, when you go to this class together. It's just not possible, you know? Okay. So thinking of those tests or those inventories, which you just alluded to, I'm thinking especially of the focus inventory. Mm -hmm. They focus a lot on, okay, so communication, like problem solving, family of origin issues, finances, intimacy and its expression, which are great. Uh, so we're talking about like the physical level, the emotional level, the psychological level often enough, and then the way that that, you know, involves each other interpersonally. If you were to establish a hierarchy, all right, so spoilers, I'm thinking especially of the sacramental vision, uh, this idea that like, you know, marriages give, 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 and specifically give grace, give grace, give grace. Mm -hmm. And if you don't tap into the sacramental reality, you're gonna run out. Um, so when you kind of organize in terms of importance, uh, what are the things that you're going to lead with or what are the things that you want to stress just like right out the gate when it comes to marriage preparation? I would say that giving that sacrificial piece is really important because I think that um, a lot of people like this whole, and, and, and our marriage prep and the way couples are prepared are so affected by our culture, which mm -hmm. says mm -hmm. it's all about yep. the wedding. It's all about this day, right? So that nothing, marriage is not about sacrifice. Marriage is about how you feel. And if you don't, if you're not feeling it, it like, you know, just leave. So this cultural, like, you know, this messaging for couples that marriage is not sacrifice is, is, you know, causing a lot of harm for so many couples. This like looking at a person's ability to sacrifice within marriage prep, to look at moments over dating where like sacrifice was required of this person. Did they resist it? Did they give joyfully to that? Um, I think communication is also really important because I think there are a lot of different roadblocks in communication, a lot of wounds. Obviously we bring into any vocation that we might enter into um, that, that need to be looked at and, and communicate about I meet so many couples who say well I didn't I didn't think that we had to tell each other everything before we got married it's like you need to talk about everything yeah. like everything 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 the transparency and vulnerability that marriage requires is astonishing when you're in the middle of it you are like oh my gosh the the vulnerability if you want your marriage to thrive if you want this sacrament to be a thrive like a thriving thing the communication has to be so open the the degree to which you have to share with one another the deepest places of your hearts is key and so i think, think sacrifice and communication are really important many people would also say like that family piece is also very important because the way that you were raised if you don't dive into those places as an individual and go through that as yourself and then together through things like the focus test that can really help you see if you're on the same page very very vital to the health of a marriage um 
when you are working with couples and um, when we actually move to those like marriage prep moments and sessions and actually enter into marriage prep with a couple, it's always after the engagement. And rightly so. I'm not going to start marriage prep with somebody if they're not engaged yet. But that engagement period can be a very difficult time for a couple because it's a, it's a temporary period, but nobody really has a clear identity of kind of the purpose in mm. what should be expected of like, you know, how do we want to grow during this period? What is it? What should we be aiming for maturity and growth during the engagement period? I think there's clear identifiable markers with the dating period of like what where this is tending towards and the the expectations and the goals for it and there's clear identifiable identifiable markers for marriage of what this is tending towards but it seems like the engagement period is like a holding pattern to just kind of get through it so when you work with couples like how do you present it or how do you kind of set that up and like okay this is this is your expectation. This is your goal for the engagement period um, for that couple because it can be so difficult uh, for the couple because there's a level of commitment, but there's no real transition or change of life. Absolutely. So how, how do you help couples to say like, okay, this this these should be our expectations and goals for growing? It is so challenging. It's like the weirdest time that you just want mm -hmm. to go faster. Like I said, you have to prepare for marriage while also planning a wedding. If you're having a wedding, some couples have a wedding with 25 people. Some couples have a wedding mm -hmm. with 300 people. And you mm -hmm. have to know, like, nobody like sits you down, right? And says, okay, this is how you manage all of this. But I think um, just seeing it as a, a time for discernment is really important. And then I think throughout that time, just in, in most of what I hear from couples, it's just very, most of it is challenging because you want that day to come where you can join your lives together and you are waiting for that day, but it's this active waiting of growing while you're waiting and learning to love one another better while you're waiting my dream, which I've shared about, I shared about in my talk at Seek and I share about um, with a lot of different couples and Father Joseph Anthony, you know about this. I want to start um, a marriage uh, and family life come and see program that you can come and do while you're engaged for family life. Obviously the Lord, um, he has a different plan for every married couple. Some do not have children. Some have many children. Everybody's path looks totally different, but I want to have like little casitas in, you know, our backyard where couples, you know, a, a man and a woman, they can like stay in different ones and they can be a part of our life. And as they discern and as they grow together, they can come into these places where they can see the other strengths and maybe the other's weaknesses and see like areas where they can grow together. I want people to come and stay for a week or two weeks. And I joke about it, but it's so true because I think a lot of women I also talked to, they said like during engagement, I would have loved to have more like hands-on family life experience because some of my friends, they get married, they have a honeymoon baby and nine months in, they're like, oh my gosh, what's happening right now? I like, they came from a family where they weren't around a lot of small children. And during that engagement time, they see like, oh, I could have grown in this way during that time. Um, even though it is crazy with the, the wedding planning and the marriage prep, but like come into my house, come into my life. I want to start that so that, you know, you can help me with the kids all during the day. I have sons who are four and two and to really see, I would have loved that. I, I got married when I was 26 
and during that engagement time when I was 25 to come like spend time with a young mom like me and see what she does, like see what it actually looks like, the life that I'm entering into. Because when you're a Dominican friar, you spend a lot of time like living the life of a Dominican, you know, you yeah. see what is the reality of what I am discerning. Where can I grow as I move toward this, this vocation to these vows? Come, come to my house. Like when I have a baby, right? I tell girls, come to my house when I have a baby, and I'll wake you up all night. When the baby is gets up, I will wake you up too, and you will come with me, and I will feed the baby, and we can be up together, and you can see like this life, and you can like like have real preparation for it. Um, is a way that I would have loved to grow myself when I was engaged to come into something like that, to have that hands on like take the veil away from like happy family photos by the beach, right? We see Instagram photos. It was like, look at our happy family, you know, leading up to this Christmas card, come and see the messy reality of the whole entire thing mm -hmm. and know what you're really discerning and allow that to help you grow through that time too. And then at the end of the day, I would love to put the babies down. And then that couple can just ask us anything they really want to know, because I think marriage prep, like mentor couples are a huge part of the, a lot of the marriage prep revolution that I'm seeing. And I know father Joseph Anthony, you have some of those at your parish as well, yep. having these mm -hmm. mentor couples to really show you and tell you and bring you into the experience of marriage can be really eye-opening because many people's one experience was their parents' marriage. Um, yeah. Whether that was a good one, whether that was a bad one, a lot of people have that one like firsthand experience. And I think that that can be limiting in what we see about what marriage actually is. So Father Joseph Anthony, what does the um, mentor couple like program at your marriage prep at your parish mm -hmm. kind of look like? Yeah, we have a, a wedding coordinator. Her name's Jillian, and she's just taken this ministry on with both arms and has just like embraced it and run wild with it. And so she's over the last year, she has invited, I think, around a dozen uh, mentor couples of the parish uh, or a dozen couples of the parish to become mentor couples. And then they have uh, a program and I forget right now the the program that they they use. They themselves have gone on a retreat um, and invested in that. And then they take the marriage prep, um, or the engaged couple through, I think six or seven different meetings. And it's, they invite them into their home, they share a dinner, they share a meal with them, and then kind of go through a number of these different kind of modules or chapters. But it's, it's about allowing this engaged couple to share and see the wisdom of, uh, the life and the sacrament lived out over decades and, and the wisdom from that. And that's also coupled with meetings with a priest. So I'm still meeting with them, you know, once a month for six months. So they're basically having every other week, a contact point in some kind of preparation with that. I approach the sacramental side to make sure that they have an understanding of what the sacrament and the graces, uh, entail for that and then they get a very experiential side with the marriage couples so that way we're getting both um a, a real lived experience of the sacrament while still a deep introduction into the sacramental realities that they are preparing for so that's mm -hmm. how that's how we're doing it right now we've just started this over the last year so a lot of it's kind of trial um but it's going really really well and it helps when you have somebody like a a, a marriage coordinator in the parish who is um really devoted to this and, and and pouring themselves into it as well i have two thoughts the first is that emily when you start picking up speed like when you really get cooking i think you might actually speak faster than i do um, which is awesome. Um, yes. so thank you 
um uh we recorded an episode with father josh johnson and after a so point, that, i was it. like you my friend are a monster <laughs> <laughs> uh, so i consider it one of my goals in life to make podcasts <laughs> that i record um like resistant to two times speed uh so it seems that you pertain to the same family of two times speed defiers <laughs> Um, I gotta get all when you have a four year old and a two year old, like things just Ooh, go at yeah. like a real quick pace. You gotta just keep it moving. So that might be why. I'm with Who you. knows? I'm with you. Let's go. Let's go. Okay. Second thing, my question is about troubleshooting. It seems like in the 21st century, people have difficulty managing conflict uh, for a variety of reasons. I think one, we're not really good at discourse, period, because we've kind of given up on reason. We're like, what if instead of reason, I did like irony or unmasking or protest or I just cried? It's like, okay, you can do that. It's just not, Whoa. never mind. Um, so there's that for one. But then also a lot of people are cohabiting and they find it difficult to manage their conflict because they think he will abandon me or I will have to pay, you know, twice as much rent. So if you were to lay out some principles for good troubleshooting, conflict managing, um, you know, like for growing together as a couple, even when things are tough and you don't see eye to eye, what might some of those be? Yeah, I have a, um, my husband and I did a whole YouTube video on this about how um, we've learned how to argue well over the years, which is true. What you say, we have not seen most of us mm. who enter into marriage have not seen people argue well and, and like yep. be most of, you know, my friends who they, they're home, they say it was just yelling and it was just slamming doors or whatever it is like, like, or shutting down, right? Learning how to especially in conflict, like self-awareness is so important in any vocation, right? Of course, but in marriage to really learn like what is going on inside of me? Why am I upset about this? Why am I angry about this? To really be able to take an inventory of what's going on in my heart and in my mind as a woman, right? Married to a man who doesn't, you know, we, we struggle to understand each other and our masculinity and femininity sometimes, which is where sacramental grace comes in in the best way. But to really look at before I say anything, before I do anything, before I, whatever it is to a bring it to the Lord and to be look inside myself um, about what is going on with me and then learning how, I mean, it's a process marriage, as we all know, is a process mm -hmm. just that, you get better at over time, but learning how to present myself in a clear way, in a way that's not, I, I try to do it in a way that's not overly emotional to give myself time. I'm a person who likes to take time to process, right? When it comes to conflict and when it comes to things like that, to take time to process and then to be able to speak whatever is on my heart and in my mind. And then humility. Humility is something that is just so important in conflict to to humble myself to listen right to not always say oh i'm right i'm right i'm right about this that or whatever but to really invite the lord into my life and try to strive for the virtue of humility before approaching any conflict is so important one of um in confession many years ago when i was in the netherlands one of the priests he said two things about marriage he said two words humility and perseverance and those two things coupled together within conflict in marriage 
and you know troubleshooting the day-to-day -day things that might come up the misunderstandings the miscommunications humility and perseverance are so important and then one thing that's that is so helpful when it comes to conflict is that for us we we made a vow in front of everybody and in front of our friends and family in a covenant with the lord forever there is not a way out there's only a way through for us so when we're looking at conflict we're a team that we're going to find a way through together and we'll, we will be better for that we will have grown from that and that's what all learning about conflict over the time of our marriage has been is like growth through um the love that we share but also the misunderstandings and the miscommunications and the humility that's required of saying i'm sorry you were right i forgive you whatever it is and becoming more quick to do that rather than like digging in our heels and like letting conflict go on forever one of the things that we try to do is move past conflict as quickly as possible um as as, as fast as we can with our you know children sometimes things have to be tabled until later on in the day where we actually talk about things but i think that that is like managing conflict is something that's so important in marriage prep because there are a lot of conflicts that come up during engagement you're having arguments about this or that or whatever and the fiance is like all you care about is the cupcakes and i'm like you know like trying to prepare to be a good father and husband or whatever it is and and like i just feel like you're totally neglecting me and so these points of communication can really be worked through in marriage prep i think in in a lot better ways and like father joseph anthony sparish like you're really checking in with these couples but i just think yep. about these couples who say i called the parish so many times and we had these this three day who has helped them look at the way they communicate in conflict who has really dived in with them to say like how do you speak to each other do you call each other names like does one of you shut down does one of you need more time to process helping a couple actively look at their own hearts and minds and lives and the ways that they saw conflict worked through over time is so important and it's being hugely missed in so many couples relationships before they actually you know enter into the sacrament and go from there um okay so oh, i have like 15 thoughts but i want to try to distill them down to two bear with me 15 um, is fine i think yeah one of my absolute favorite uh marketing campaigns is from under armor and there's a 30 second commercial where it's just like training montage after training montage, you know, people like flipping like heavy ropes and like bench pressing and running up and down stairs in the middle of the night. Um, and then at the very end, it just says the only way is through. And that's like black screen with that title, that text up there. I'm like, yeah, that's a thousand percent it. Like there's so much about our life is like, yeah, the only way is through it. And you just got to keep mm -hmm. going. So, um, mm -hmm. you know, shout out Under Armour and marriage. <laughs> Big fans of both. Let's go. Um, maybe if we could get Under Armour to sponsor our habits, like I'd be all oh, about yeah. that. Uh, for real. Nice. Um, but the second thing that I was thinking of as you were talking about this is um, when we look at, and this is why I love um, the sacrament of marriage and why I love doing marriage prep is because um in the sacramental economy and Christ um, recreating, reestablishing the created order and entering or inviting us into um, his salvation through the sacraments, he establishes the sacrament of marriage as a way to communicate sanctifying grace. And oddly enough, he does that through a spousal union and spousal love of being husband and wife. And what we don't find, actually, surprisingly enough, and this is shocking, we don't find a sacrament of like paternity and maternity, but we do find a sacrament of spousal love. 
And so I think when I work with couples and really focusing on that reality, that their sanctification is communicated through being husband and through being wife. And yeah, the family may grow and you may transition into being mother and father, but the realities of being husband and wife are where sanctifying grace is communicated to each other. And that kind of uh, co-working takes place of working towards um, eternity. So in, in your work in kind of helping these engaged couples prepare for that and helping newly married couples, because I'm a big fan of follow-up. I think mentorship in the first year of marriage is actually much more important than prep. That's a I whole other podcast you. episode. I agree with you. Um, but how how do you help these couples really continue to prioritize their spousal union as engagement continues or in those first years of marriage where it does get chaotic? For sure. Yes, I agree with you that I think when the rubber meets the road is where it actually all comes like to like we do marriage prep or whatever it is but when they're three months in they're like we need support we mm -hmm. need people mm -hmm. walking with us because we took yep. our focus test and we had all these things come up and now they're actually coming up because we live in the same room and we sleep in the same bed and all these things are coming up to be so that's another branch to the tree that i want to you know yeah. like uh -huh. really dive into and help in the church but um prioritizing one another's hearts. So I created this um, video series called Navigating Engagement. And one of the videos, this is for specifically for engaged women. And one of the videos that I found so important to do in that series, it's called Loving Your Fiance Well. And I think in the process of all of the choices of the family drama that comes along with engagement and you're trying to plan your wedding to prioritize the heart of one another, I tell these women, I say, when you're writing your to-do list at the top of that to-do list, write, love my fiance well, because you, if he is number 26, you are not actively mm. living what you will be living after your wedding day, which is putting him first, his heart his mind, his soul, his spirit, his well-being. You have to look at like his well-being is more important than am I going to choose brie or am I going to choose cheddar? I don't know what kind of cheese you're into, but I, like all of the <laughs> me too. Brie is not really my lot, yeah, not really my jam. The, yeah. Um, but like if you learn how to prioritize one another well above all the wedding planning above all the guest lists looking at like am i looking at his heart or am i looking at her heart what is going on inside of it how can i support it well how can i sacrifice for her all of those things if they are at the top of the list you are actively mirroring the kind of prioritizing of their heart and their mind and their soul and their well-being that you will and need to be doing after the wedding day so actively looking at that during the engagement period is so important just to always have that at the top of the to-do list and before you talk about you know the way your mother-in-law got you upset or whatever it is your future mother-in-law she said this thing and she's upset about the dress or whatever it is you sit down and you say first of all how are you doing and how can I support you in where we are in our engagement right now? Because it can be so clouded by all of those things that come along with it. But if you really sit down and say, we're going to start every conversation, whatever it is, right? And not to be overkill, not like in a dramatic way, but it really does get lost, especially yeah. I find the groom. I feel like, mm. you know, I've talked to a lot of engaged men who are like, yeah, like it's all about this, that, or whatever. And, you know, I'm kind of lost in the shuffle. It's like, no, how do we look at one another and say, we will practice 
marriage now in the ways that we can. We can't have sex. We, you might not have joined your bank accounts yet, whatever it is. But by prioritizing one another's heart and soul, like above all else, that is an amazing practice for the actual sacrament when the rubber meets the road and you're in the middle of it. That's awesome. Yeah. I have a variety of thoughts. One, I think that you should get a grant from some Catholic foundation and collaborate with Father Joseph Anthony on a 30 second marriage pump up video with training montages. Um, training so, montages. like, illustrate yes. prioritizing your fiance, but like with a sweet backtrack, preferably taken from like the Creed 3 soundtrack. Um, and yeah, also, two, cheese. I prefer cheese, which when you open the fridge, lets you know if it's presents therein. So big camembert man, if it doesn't knock you over, it does delight you. So whichever stinky comes cheese guy, stinky okay. cheese guy over here, huge stinky cheese that. guy. Here's to nah. the celibate life. Um, and then third and finally, we're actually out of time. But over the course of this episode, you've mentioned a variety of resources um, that you're kind of already engaged in or planning to engage in. So you described a video that you and your husband did about arguing well as a couple. You just described this video course specifically for engaged women. Mm -hmm. You described the possibility of sweet, sweet casitas in the back uh, in the mm -hmm. backyard. Where, where are places that people go can to find these things? Um, are they all centrally located? If so, direct us there. Yes. So uh, my YouTube channel, my husband and I actually talk a lot about marriage and the things that we've learned over time that we wish, you know, within our marriage prep or in our engagement, we would have learned. So we share all kinds of different things. I think having a married couple who's 25 years in is really amazing, but we're only seven years in. So we kind of just share about what the first five years have been on my YouTube channel for engaged couples, for newly married couples, even people who are dating. And then navigating engagement is my video series for engaged women. There are a bunch of videos, a bunch of journaling worksheets to actually help a woman prioritize her heart. What is the Lord doing? There's original prayers for all different facets of engagement for her. That's at navigatingengagement.com. If people want to use a code, I made a code Dominicans. That's going to get you a, a discount code um, for anyone listening to this podcast. You can use code Dominicans for a discount, but that's been a beautiful thing to help women really I just like needed a mentor in engagement mm -hmm. to say like, how do I do this? Because I got there and I was like, no one really talks about this. What do I actually do? And so I really wanted to help mentor women through that process. And then our come and see program, I don't know what it's going to be called. We probably have to move outside of California to get enough <laughs> land for some casitas in the back. But the Lord, I mean, it's really been burning on my heart to bring people mm. into this familial experience because I wish I could have seen it myself. I love it. I love my vocation. I'm so grateful for it. But if I had been able, and I babysat kids, but if I really came in for two weeks of a family's life, it would have helped me a lot. It would have enriched my engagement experience a lot. And that's why um, you got to stay tuned for the Hustle Family Come and See experience. Okay. Upon which... You can add a tab to your website, which says, you know, in addition to like author speaker, you can have vocation director and then you can just have your vocation weekends and just, just like a deep fake on religious life. People will not see it coming. Oh It'll gosh. be awesome. Totally. Uh, but but don't, do you coming. agree that we need things, things like yes, that? Yes, absolutely. You I'm, guys I'm went right in you. and you saw the reality day in and day out. And I want to, you know, bring people in to see the reality day in and day out. I think I see, but I also lament. I have like a world weary soul. I wake up every morning and I say, sweet Christmas. How did it come to be this way? Because ordinarily your, you know, vocation retreat would be your family, but here we are, 
you know, just kind of in the, in the midst of the breakdown of the family, which is lamentable, but don't stay there. Father Gregory, you're a sad sack. Listen to what Emily says and get pumped about the future. Um, sweet. Okay. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, we really appreciate it. I've profited and our listeners will profit in turn. Uh, turning to you then the listener. Oh, sorry. I'm just like a bull in a China shop. I'm like, say thank you. And then don't afford the other person the opportunity to say anything else. My bad. I have a four-year-old and a two-year-old. I don't usually get words in edgewise anyway. It's all good. That's okay. what we are. Quote, we are just the standard four-year-old, two-year-old no, in this you're entire not. mix. This has yeah. been so enjoyable. And I'm so, so grateful to just be <laughs> spend time with you guys from all over the world to talk with you oh, about this, uh, this revolution. It. We're all in this together. Yes. And Let's also, go. we are in this together in another way, too, because Father Joseph Anthony and I have been ordained for about seven years. So mm-hmm. we are vocation. I was about to say vocation mates, but that sounds like we're married. So we are vocation parallel Buddies. people in communion. Vocation Sunday. buddies. Vocation. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Conclusion, colon. Here Let's we go. go. Uh, so thanks as always, listeners, for listening to God's Planning. Uh, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Like the episode, subscribe, and leave a five-star review. Um, and you can kind of spread your five-star reviews so as to encourage us in particular directions. So if you want to hear more episodes about about marriage prep, leave multiple five-star reviews under multiple names. Uh, you can just add a one or a two or a three and then just reverse all that in YouTube once you're done. Uh, if you'd like to donate to the podcast through Patreon, uh, please follow the link in the description or show notes. And then by following links in those show notes slash descriptions, you'll also find merchandise on the one hand and on the other hand, uh, information about our retreats. So we just posted information on retreats in for Jill, excuse me, June, August, and then November. The first one is an all-comers retreat, so everyone 21 years and beyond, um, although Buzz Lightyear is no longer safe, so just kidding. So 21 years and further, uh, or more, old. Ah, Father Gregory, wrap it up. Okay, so check it out. It's going to be great. We hope to see you there. And uh, know of our prayers for you. Please pray for us, and we'll catch you next time on God's Planning. God's Planning.